sweet baby. Welcome back to another episode of The, the Spiritual, Spiritual Gaze. Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that this all makes sense. No, because that's how we roll, people. We I ain't here to lie to you. We ain't here to get all, you know... Up in the spiritual biz. And that's what separates us from the fake shamans and cristalistas and charlatans of the world. Wow, we really just like went in. No, it's like, <laughs> look, what I have learned is when you have the courage to say, I don't know, you create space for the answer to come to you. Yeah, I completely agree with when that. When you bullshit and pretend like you know what the fuck is going on, you're just from. Damn. Oh, Kara. Truth. Um, let's introduce ourselves yeah. <laughs> as if that wasn't enough of an introduction. Who are you, Shadestress? Oh, uh, this Shadestress is named Brandon Alter, <laughs> and she's an actor and a writer, an energy healer, a tarot reader and teacher, and all sorts of weird shit. Well, my favorite thing you are is my husband. That's true. I am your husband, babe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I am Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a producer and an astrologer. Uh, and some other things here and there. You know, it was a year ago, like right now, a year ago that we were in Peru on our honeymoon. Oh my God, everybody. You have no idea. Oh, I miss it so much. The magic of that trip. Oh, particularly that one hotel that we stayed at right by the Urubamba River that had those Mm -hmm. baby alpacas that you could feed breakfast and dinner to. Brandon would like wake up in the morning and be like, we got to get to breakfast before somebody else tries to feed those alpacas. Because people would. (laughs) There were just two alpacas. So if you got there late, you didn't get to feed them. They were adorable. Oh my God. They were so cute. They were like so like floppy. They were kind of like puppies, but like in Mm -hmm. an alpaca body, you know, they like didn't know how to operate their limbs. I mean, hello, we were in Peru. It's a magic place. If any of y'all have ever been to Peru. You know what we're talking about. And if you haven't been to Peru. Get there. Oh my God. Um, I learned that I much prefer the sound of a river to the sound of the ocean. Oh, completely. Because the river has like a consistent quality of sound, whereas the mm-hmm. ocean has that like, you know, the crashing of the waves and then this. Yeah. Yeah. Remember I just sat by that river? And cried. I did, y'all. Yeah. I sat by a river in Peru and cried. That is the start of like a song. Oh, I sat I by a river right now. in Peru and cried. And then remember the little animal best friends who were across. Oh my God. Yes. There was like a giant like steer. Uh And then who was the steer's friend? It was like a little pig. Yeah. No, it was a little like lamb. And they just like came out of the bushes together. It was literally like frickin' frack. It was so adorable. Oh man. We got to get to Peru again. Yeah. Um, there's anyone listening who can help us get to Peru. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> what Angel and I really would love to do is we would love to host a retreat in oh, Peru. Dream. And bring people to the same sacred spots that we were lucky enough to get to visit. Y'all, we are high visioning that right now. Yeah. If not 2019, 2020. Spiritual yeah. Gaze Retreat in Peru. But 2019 is going to bring the very first ever Spiritual Gaze Retreat. Yes, we will not say that much about it because we don't know that much about it. We're still planning it. Yeah, but what's going to happen, y'all? We are going to have our first ever Spiritual Gaze Retreat next year, so you will be well... Uh, Informed. Yes, thank you. But um, also let us know if that would be something that would excite you, even just the thought of whatever that would be. I mean, we have ideas of what it will be, obviously. Oh, for sure. But, you know, just the concept of that, if it piques your interest, let us know. 
Um, well, let's check in, babe. How are you doing? What's going on? Uh, you know what? I'm doing good. I am, you know, holding space right now for alignment in my life. That's mm. the big word I've been working on, y'all. Like aligning, you know, we always talk about the four bodies. The mental, the emotional, the physical. Oh, can't forget the physical. And the energetic. Yeah, which is sort of like the spirit body. Yeah, the spirit body. So I have just been really trying to approach all the moments of my life, whether I am, you know, working out or in my car or, you know, dealing with like a stressful or even non-stressful work situation. I'm like, all right, what do I need to call in right now? What's missing? So, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, uh, my feet aren't touching the ground, you know, or, you know, I need that. You know, or it's, oh, I'm letting my emotions run away with me. I'm getting heated. So I'm always just trying to like run through the four when I'm feeling in a moment and finding like what's off and then calling it back. And you've been really disciplined and committed to like your physical body too. Well, yes. As like the gateway, you know, the physical body is the gateway to every other body. Mm -hmm. It's like if you can truly be in your physical body you will start to access your emotions and your mind and your spirit and you've been seeing the high priestess of pilates my friend anna you've been going to your trainer at the gym and you took one of my pilates classes this week and you're like hard your your body has changed dramatically like the way you hold and inhabit your body is so transformed it was so cool to see yeah i mean i'm really trying because you know i have never had a good relationship with my body It's been very uh, love-hate, emphasis on the hate. And, you know, I'm getting to a point in my life where I just can't, you know, exist in a space where I can't, like, just be in my body and feel love and comfortable, you know? Like, instead, it's just like I've been experiencing so much pain in my body, and I'm realizing that that is associated with so many other things. So... You know, obviously there are actual physical things that they exist, you know, or connect to, I should say. But, you know, it's just like just getting down to like the nitty gritty of like what caused it. And sometimes if there's emotional components to it, you can work through that. And then that helps to ease some of the physical pain. And I've been really experiencing that in the last few weeks. And it's been really cool and nice. And I'm just trying to, you know, be stronger on every level. Because that's what a bitch needs right now. Well, I'm really proud of you. I may have blasted what doesn't kill you makes you stronger this morning and sang it at the top of my lungs, children. Good for you. I mean, a little Kelly Clarkson always, you know, lights the path. I was playing some vintage Britney in class this morning. (laughs) And I found out that Spotify has this thing where it tells you like your most played songs of 2018. Oh, yeah. What's yours? Well, it also tells you the sign of the artist you listen to the most. Oh, that's cute. So it told me, like, you love a Sagittarius pop star. Mm, and I was well, like, here you are. Yeah, Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus. I mean, these are the, I mean, I listen to a lot of them. Well, you need a Sagittarius diva playlist. I do. And to help get you through, because how are you doing? Oh, oh, speaking oh, of. Yeah, how great. Oh, child. Well, you know, last show I checked in that I had like given up on the year come Thanksgiving. I was like, I'm done. And then a whole bunch of stuff happened that was like, no, you're not done. Like there's a lot more for you to do. I had like some big auditions and I had to 
put my head back in the game. And I also realized that this season, like with the time change, I also like give up on the day at like <laughs> 4.30. Like as soon as it gets dark, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, the man's in bed with a book. Seriously. But I, I can't always do that. Like tonight we're recording this podcast. It's, you know, Friday night and I'm going to go and lead the journey circle. So I'm learning how to recommit and learning how to like not quit before the finish line. Right. Which is so easy to do. And I see it all the time, actually, when I teach Pilates, because people will like stop exercising in those like last 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. But it's like or people will like even do a squat and they won't straighten their leg all the way like they won't come to the top of their leg. And it's like if you could just get all the way there, like if you could just finish strong, you would gain so much more. The time I see it the most is actually when people will not hold a stretch long enough to actually achieve some sort of breakthrough. Right. It's like right before the breakthrough happens, people are like, ah, I'm done. It's over. And I'm like, no, like, no. Oh, that's my favorite moment when you feel the breakthrough and you're like, oh, oh something just yeah. shifted. Something oh my God, just, I just transformed. got like an inch longer. Totally. <laughs> um. So that's kind of what, so Brandon's recommitting to 2018 (laughs) Uh, and you have been in a major way you've been keeping really busy and just owning it you know I think you I I still see you a little bit on the struggle bus oh I'm totally on the struggle (laughs) bus to be fair Mercury just went retrograde he's still in the shadow direct I'm sorry Mercury just went direct but he's still in the shadow phase and so the past three weeks for me I'm learning how I deal with Mercury retrograde and I think because I have Mercury in my chart in the 12th house, which is the house of like mystery and spirit and the unknown. Uh, when Mercury goes retrograde, I just have no idea what's going on in my own, mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. own head and heart. It's like Mercury is the planet of communication. Generally people are like, Oh, Mercury retrograde. Like I'm miscommunicating with all these people. And for me, it's right. like, I'm miscommunicating with myself. Aww. So it is nice that we're out of that. And I'm, I'm like looking in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, there you are. Hi, where'd you go? I miss you. Um, well, it's so. good to see you. Oh, thanks. It's nice to be seen. <laughs> you look great. Thank you. I was complimenting Brandon on his his outfit. It's it's very very cute. That's sweet. <laughs> um, should we move into uh, our dose of reality? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, you guys. It's time for this episode's dose, dose of, of reality. Okay, there's so much to talk about, but what I want to talk about first is Below Deck. Of course. Now, those of you who've been listening to the show for some time will remember that we talked about Below Deck Mediterranean, which is not the same as Below Deck, the original series from which Below Deck Mediterranean sprung. Have we not talked about Below Deck at all? I don't know if we have. Yeah. So here's the deal. Below Deck has the best chief stewardess named Kate Chastain. Mm -hmm. She is made for reality television. I'm pretty sure she studies it. Like she watches all of it and knows how to play the game. And she is phenomenal. She's also a really hard worker, which is what Hannah was not. If you remember our last chief stewardess. And they are in Fiji, which is gorgeous. And it's just a great cast of people. And there's a lot of interesting issues and dynamics. Um, Yeah, two people. Well, oh, I don't want to ruin it if everyone's not caught up. (laughs) If you're watching, if you're actually listening and you actually watch these shows. But yeah, it's been dramatic. Yes, let's just say it's been dramatic. The cast has shifted already. Yes, there have been some sudden exits and some Uh, sudden entrances. Yeah, it's been really good. I mean, look, I never really watched Below Deck. I couldn't get into it. I would get into Below Deck Mediterranean and fuck with that. But Below Deck, I just, I didn't really like some of the like main Well, you don't like Captain Lee. Yeah, I just don't really, you know, no Tino Shade. I just don't, you know. 
You don't re- you don't respond to him. We don't vibe. You know, he's like he's like what you would expect from a sea captain because he's like kind of totally. curmudgeon. He's like kind of barnacly, but he does actually have a heart of gold. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like he was definitely like a pirate in a past life or possibly just like earlier in this life. Potentially, yes. Who could say? But Kay Chastain has definitely won me over, even though she's been a little shady and is getting away with it. It's fine. But can you not acknowledge that that girl works so hard? A hundred percent. So she's allowed to be shady when other people are not pulling their weight. She is an inspiration. Yeah, she is. But still shadestress. But and she's got like a little like colleague who yes. is who's a gay. Yes. He's a homosexual he and is. he definitely is like, you know, capital Hing it. Well, the, the two time. of them are just mean girling all over the boat. Oh, for but honestly, sure. I mean, they are doing some mean girling, but mostly they just have a really great connection and they're enjoying each other's company. And I think we've all had that experience when like you have a coworker that you really connect with and then another coworker that you don't really connect with. You want to spend your time with the one that makes your work life fun. Yeah. And then there can definitely be like some moments of like hey why aren't we all hanging out and it's like sorry or or you don't say that but then you're like secretly like making dinner plans yeah <laughs> not that i do that um i want to talk about uh the real housewives just because i wrote about them a little bit in my uh new moon sagittarius newsletter which ones uh just the real housewives in general in general because cur- we're currently watching orange county and atlanta that's true we're watching both of those we are reality whores people well apparently we're addicts is what we are it's fine so here's what happens ubiquitously throughout the real housewives franchises two housewives will get into a disagreement and then they will tell their version of events of that disagreement all Mm -hmm. over town Mm -hmm. and there will be created these narratives as they call them these different storylines and you never really know which one is true even though everything's filmed until you get to the reunion but when you get to the reunion you have to a watch the clips and you're face to face with each other and the host and you have to be held accountable so what happens at the reunion is we get the true story that exists between what she said and what she said. Mm-hmm. And I use that as an analogy because I felt like this new moon in Sagittarius and with Jupiter in Sagittarius, it's really our reunion episode. And it's like the truth is coming to light. Like all of a sudden we're starting to get the real story of what's been happening. Oh, For myself, for example, I'm now able to see clearly what was happening this whole year for me. I always say like the path is made by walking it like you don't Mm -hmm. know the path until you've turned behind you and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, look, there was the path. And that's really how I'm feeling about this year now. Like I'm looking back and I'm seeing how all these different events from losing my job and starting to write the tarot scopes and creating tarot and vino and how all these things have been leading me towards this like bigger, better life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. But only in this moment is that truth being revealed. Right. It's like I wasn't ready for it until this moment. Wow, I'm going to do this whole sort of Sagittarius look back. I'm going to put on, you know, like a gorgeous like glitter gown. Okay, you do not own a gorgeous glitter gown. Yeah, but I'm just saying I have to put on a reunion dress if I'm living in the reunion moment. That's true. So I'm going to get myself a reunion dress, get get myself a glam squad. Get yourself a glam squad. And just sit on a couch and think about the past year of my life that sounds beautiful you know at least that's the archetype and we would encourage all of you to do the same (laughs) to do the same get a gorgeous glitter (laughs) gown on and think about the truth of your life i mean what what better way to bring out the new i mean i guess we're all you know some people will put on a glitter gown on new year's eve yeah 
I won't be. But no, we'll be uh, in Kauai. Yeah, we'll be on a tiny island. We'll be wearing grass skirts. Oh, I mean, probably not. All right, I don't want to dream about that just yet. No, we still have some, we still have some time now and then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the, well, that's really cool. And I mean, we have been watching the OC reunion and it has been fantastic and it definitely like elevated that season because the season didn't start out that great, but it ended with like a really cool, like fun, you know, sort of, you know, collection of characters, you know, coming together in a way that was interesting. Yeah. I, I like the two that. new housewives more than I've liked any of the other new housewives for the past couple seasons. Completely. And then there is the latest season of Atlanta that's just begun that oh, I'm thoroughly enjoying. It's really a good time. Yeah. I thought I would really miss Sheree, the bone collector, but, you know, I don't miss her. And I thought I would miss Kenya more. But you but know what? I don't. I don't miss her either. So we're doing fine. Everyone's doing fine. <laughs> All right. Enough chit chat about... Ladies, we don't really know. and But, you know, guys, we have to low vibe it sometimes in order to balance out the high vibe. And also, I think you can find the high vibe in anything. Well, it sounds like it. I mean, you basically were like using the housewives as like a spiritual lesson. Well, so, I got to be honest, go. the housewives have a lot of spiritual teachings if you can just, you know, stick with it. Completely. Everything does. I mean, the thing about the housewives really is it's all projection. Like everything a housewife says about another housewife, they really think about themselves. So when somebody's like, she is such a liar and she only cares about what other people think, they're literally saying, I am such a liar and I only care about what other people think. Yeah, but isn't that everything? I've been thinking so much about that lately, you know, because I've been reading this Debbie Ford book about shadow, Mm. you know, shadow work. And, you know, so much of the shadow is like... Uh, she's so obnoxious and then it's like well actually look in the mirror and say I'm so obnoxious and how does that make you feel and then are you owning the fact that you're actually obnoxious mm. or are you just projecting you know trying to you know draw attention to someone else who's obnoxious in order to pull away from the fact that you're obnoxious yeah. I've you know I've just been like really swirling into that quite a bit but yeah it's all about like projection and perception that ultimately like keeps us from potentially dealing with our own shit. Yeah, totally. I had an acting teacher. She used to say, you can't have what you criticize. Uh-huh. So it's like if you're tearing somebody down because they have something you want, you're mm-hmm. never going to get it. No, so true. Well, and that's then it why made you just me have to celebrate of, people. Yeah, totally. When they, you know, when they have like, an, uh, you know, like when they get rewarded for something, like it's all about like, oh, let's celebrate. Yeah. Them. And I saw another quote somewhere that was like, only people doing less than you will try to tear you down. People doing more than you will never do so. Right. Which I was like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, it's like people that are staying small are going to try to keep you to stay small. Whereas like people that have already expanded, like they don't, <laughs> they've surpassed you. They don't really yeah. care. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Okay, well, we do have a really interesting, fascinating deep dive for you all tonight. Yeah, I'm really excited to to kind of lead this ship. Yeah. So without any further ado. Are we going to do it? Let's get into it. This week's Deep deep dive. Dive. So this week's Deep Dive is all about shamanism. Hey, hon. What the fuck is shamanism? So before I even begin to discuss shamanism, what I'd actually like to do is I'd like to dedicate this show 
to the spirits of the wise and powerful shamans that came before us. Mm-hmm. I'd like to dedicate this show to my ancestors and to your ancestors, Angel, and to the ancestors of everyone who is listening. And I would actually like to go a step further than that, and I would like to call all of your ancestors in. And when I speak about your ancestors, I'm speaking particularly to those spirits who lived well and died well, those who were able to reconnect with the oneness, those who made medicine for their time, those that are what are known as the luminous ones that can bring forth all that is good and true and beautiful in our bloodlines. And I ask that the ancestors surround us and that they inform this conversation that we're having here today. Mm. I feel the presence. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) So what is shamanism? Yeah. Yeah. So, and why am I talking about shamanism? Well, I stumbled into shamanism a couple of years ago. I went and took a workshop in shamanic journeying, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And it was like a fish discovering water for the first time. It was just, I took to shamanic practice like a fish to water. And I have been learning, apprenticing uh, for the past few years. And I think this is a really tremendous, here's the thing about shamanism. It's not a religion. Um, it predates religion. And honestly, we can think of shamanism as a unifying force that despite boundaries or beliefs, despite your religion or your geography, you know, this uh, is something that's available to everyone. And it's basically just a way to remember the unity of all things. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. We live in an era of the individual. And I'm not mad at it because I benefit from it as much as everybody else. But this is really an era of like me, me, me. Like we all have our own Instagram accounts. We all have our own brand, you know. And the positive aspect of that is that our uniqueness and our individuality has never been more encouraged. Right. But we also have forgotten that we are all deeply interconnected. We have forgotten that separation is a lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have these bodies which make us think that we're separate, but really we're all connected. And so shamanism is a return to that interconnectedness. It's about approaching your life from a place of bringing all things into unity and harmony. And particularly, it's earth-based, because so long as we live on this planet, the earth is our teacher, and she is our mother. And when we go against nature, we go against ourselves. And when we take care of nature, she takes care of us. So in a way, it's like you're saying like it's a tool for us to reconnect to that energetic body, right? That spirit body. I would say to all of them, you know, shamanic practice is so much about the heart. Mm -hmm. And so that's about your emotions and what's true in your heart. And it's about the mind as well. You know, you have to be a warrior of the mind. Um, Right. Shamanic journeying is really a mental practice like meditation, you know. Um, so really like shamanism, it's not a religion, you know, we could think of it as a way of life. It's a point of view. Um, you could think of it as a tool, but really it's just like, it's this huge river that you can put yourself in and be reminded that you are not alone and that you do not have to go through this life alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of shamanic work is really working with the soul and working with your soul and Let's be real, like, when you die, the only thing that you get to take from here is your soul. 
Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to think that like this is really in a lot of ways not the only work that matters because there's a lot of work that matters while we're here in form. But in terms of like the things that you carry with you when you die, shamanic practice is all about that, making sure that your soul is complete and that you are honoring your soul every day that you're here on the planet. Right. When I was saying, you know, when I mentioned that other thing about the spirit body um, and shamanism being a tool, I sort of meant because, you know, it it is a way into that, you know, reconnection to Mm -hmm. all things nature when we still do, you know, have to live in a world where we are on some level separate, you know, where we are forced to be made separate by, you know, politics, religion, what have you, the world that we all have to exist in. So, you know, in order to exist within that, to have a, you know, a a practice like shamanism can help sort of balance that out. Right. Yeah. And the thing about shamanism that I really like is that you don't have to take my word for it. In fact, I encourage you not to. There's no dogma here. You know, shamanism is You're not pretending like it all makes sense. I'm not pretending like it all makes sense. (laughs) No. What I'm saying is this is what makes sense for me. And with shamanic practice, it's all about direct revelation, which just basically means that your experience with spirit is just as valid as anybody else's. And there's no like big daddy. There's no boss who's saying like this is right or this is wrong. Oh, right. Right. It's really about like big daddy. And it is is spirit. eh? Yeah. (laughs) But also. But also. Yeah. And you. Ah. Because the thing with shamanic practice is that you are developing relationships with your helping and healing spirits, with your ancestors, and you're partnering with them. So you're not giving them free reign. You know, you're not getting rid of your own free will. Mm -hmm. You're partnering with them so you can live your soul's true purpose and make this world a better place. Right. Because that's what it's really all about. Like, we're all here together and we've forgotten that. And frankly, the whole like Judeo-Christian patriarchal complex capitalism is pretty invested in keeping us separate. But shamanic practice, which again predates all of this, is really saying like, no, 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 like we're one tribe, you know, and Mm -hmm. the more we can recognize that everything has a spirit. And that's really the core tenet of shamanism. Everything has a spirit. The spirit of my heart, the spirit of this room, the spirit of the earth, the spirit of the clothes we wear. Everything is energy, and therefore everything has a spirit. Now, the word spirit is a little confusing for sure because Mm -hmm. most people think like ghosts, and that's not really what I'm talking about when I'm talking about helping or healing spirits. There's not really a better word. We could think about like gods, like if we think about like the Hindu pantheon, how there are all those different gods per se. But I think because a lot of us grew up in this Judeo-Christian capitalistic patriarchal complex, we have like a really (laughs) bad taste in our mouth when we think of God. So I think it's just good to think of like all these different spirits, you know? Right. And a spirit is, and I'm going to, I'm going to give a definition here from Michael Harner and Michael Harner is um, an expert on shamanic practice, has some great books. And he says, it's an animate essence with intelligence and varying degrees of power. That's all a helping or healing spirit is. Will you read that one more time? Yeah, it's an animate essence, an animate essence with intelligence and varying degrees of power. Mm. You could also think of it as a consistent pattern of energy, right? Like Angel Lopez is a consistent pattern of energy. I am here, consistent. The sun is a consistent pattern of energy. Right. These are Noche. Noche is a consistent pattern of energy. <laughs> a barky, grouchy, shady, sweet. adorable pattern of energy. You're sweet, boo-boo. So shamanic practice is basically 
developing these relationships with your helping and healing spirits so that you can gain information, help heal yourself and others, and empower yourself to live your soul's purpose and to do so in a way that isn't stepping on anybody's toes, but do so in a way that honors the interconnectedness and the unifying aspect of all things, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is really beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Because I also think we live in a time where people are very competitive and it's like there's this myth that there's only so much success to go around. And shamanic practice would say, no, there's success for each and every human being so long as you are doing the unique thing that your soul came here to do. So I'd like to get into sort of like, you know, the entry points in. But first, before we do that, can we talk a little bit about like a shaman? Because I feel like that term has and sort of, you know, the whole practice of shamanism has become associated with some very specific things as of late, particularly sort of like the whole like ayahuasca yeah, tourism totally. yeah yeah okay, so let, me, so let me break it down here for a second yeah okay so shamanism is uh not culturally specific right. there are siberian shamans which is actually where the word shaman comes from which loosely translates to like someone who can see in the dark or someone with a foot in both worlds but of course there are african shamans and north american shamans and korean shamans korean shamans of course yeah. and south american shamans and these and the native sort of Native American Indian. Yeah, like North American yeah. shamanic practice, but also like um, the Aleutian shamans, you know, like from Alaska. And like, so uh, shamanic practice is not culturally specific, although of course there are very specific cultures that have their own ceremonies and rituals. But essentially there are lots of commonalities between all of these cultures which is pretty incredible when you think about it like all of these cultures that had no way of connecting with each other were doing a lot of the same things they were not following each other on insta they were not following each other on insta (laughs) so a shaman is essentially a healer somebody that brings everything into right relationship that restores balance and unity both to one person you know that's a lot about health right like a lot of times in a shamanic view you are ill because there are energies in you that aren't belonging to you and they have to be taken out of you or you're ill because you're lacking power you know Mm -hmm. and so a shaman is going to try to bring you into right relationship with yourself with your environment but then we also you know very powerful shamans could work with the weather you know like to bring about the rain when there was a great drought yeah yeah you know um, Sorry, that just made me remember our trip in Peru. Oh, yeah, that was uh, Where we sat with a shaman there just to do sort of like a beautiful little invocation ceremony. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, there was like a huge like clap of thunder. Yeah, it happened right after he <laughs> clapped his hands to like yeah. bring the ceremony Suddenly to the whole sky rumbled yeah. and he was like, that's a good thing. <laughs> it was so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? Hey, oh, honey, I'll never forget it. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. But. No, and I know for people who are first listening to this, like this can sound like really out there and totally insane. But Our when apologies. you, uh, well, no, I'm not apologizing for it at all. When you start to open your heart to this stuff, you guys, like there are so many spirits and energies around us. It's so vain to think that human beings are the only intelligent beings here. Mm-hmm. And when you start to open up to the spirit of the sky, of trees, of weather, of the ocean, you know, like. It is so empowering and it makes you remember who you really are. And it invites magic into your life. Like the whole sort of idea of that there is magic in the world. And I don't mean just like, you know, that things poof out of, you know, thin air. But on some level, 
They kind of can. Yeah. And okay, so for example, this whole year I was asking my ancestors for two acting jobs for roles that I would want to play. <laughs> right. Uh, I have a little ancestral altar and I would come and light a candle and say, ancestors, like, it would really be great if you would bring me two acting jobs, roles I would like to play for high profile opportunities. And then this past week I got these two auditions and then I was like, I don't think I was specific enough with my ancestors. I don't think I said, like, I would like to book those two acting jobs. I think I was just like, show me that they exist. So, you know, but that was magical that, you know, in one week, these two things showed up for me. And you get that by developing this relationship with the invisible world. So how the fuck do you do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the basic practice, and I I went on Instagram today and I asked for any questions about shamanic journeying or shamanic practice, and I did get two really great questions. One was, what are the fundamental tools in shamanic healing? And the number one tool in any shamanic practice is shamanic journeying. And everybody can do this. And in the old days, everybody had to do this. Right. Because what you would be journeying for is survival. Where do we hunt? Can we trust these people? Why is so-and-so sick? Journeying is either divination, meaning it's giving you information that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Uh, Other divination practices, you know, tarot, palm reading, reading tea leaves, predictive astrology. You know, these are all forms of divination. Or you journey for healing for yourself or for others, or you journey for power, like you journey to retrieve a power animal. So journeying is a very specific practice. And it's like a meditation, except that you are journeying, you are literally traveling in your own mind, spiritually, to one of three worlds where you can connect with your helping and healing spirits. And you do this by entering into an altered state. And the classic driver to get you into an altered state is the drum. I mean, that's why public drumming was illegal for like a lot of American history. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Because the way to take over a a culture is to take away their shamans and to take away their drums. Because when you drum, Mm. you enter into an altered state. There are scientific studies that prove this. And of course, that's also why like, you know, trance dancing and like rave music is a thing because you are transported. That that drum beat shifts you from an alpha to a theta brainwave state where you are a lot more susceptible to receive messages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in shamanic journey, you lay down. Sometimes you'll sit. And you just don't want your body to like be an issue. You want to be really comfortable and you listen to the drum. It's a specific drum beat and you choose to either travel to the lower world, the upper world, or if you're a skilled and practice shaman with tools, you'll go to the middle world. The reason I say that is because in the lower and the upper worlds, you're totally protected. These are spirit driven worlds where things are a lot more in alignment In the middle world, because that's where we live, things are messy as fuck. And so if you don't have some skills and some power, you don't want to be like fucking with the middle world yet. Right. Because you're going to just meet. It's not like you're going to meet like evil spirits. You're just going to meet spirits with a lot of power that are at best indifferent to you and at worst, like not thrilled with you. Right. They're not there to assist. Right. They're not there. They're not a helping spirit. Not every spirit is a helping or a healing spirit. Right. So I'm not going to go into the details of how you journey because that's not exactly what this show is about. And you can find that so many places. I would suggest um, Sandra Ingerman's book, 
called Shamanic Journeying. Um, she has another book called Awakening to the Spirit World. There's a great podcast that I'm obsessed with called Why Shamanism Now. He's obsessed, y'all. And Christina Pratt, who hosts that show, has been doing it for over eight years, and there are at least half a dozen shows on shamanic journeying. So if you're just like listening to this and you're like, that sounds really interesting, I'd love to do that, then there's lots of ways for you to go and find that. I also do teach a shamanic journeying class the first Friday of every month in Los Angeles. So if you're here in Los Angeles, it's actually also something we could do one-on-one if you like wanted to do like a Skype or a FaceTime session. It's The thing about shamanic journeying is at first it sounds totally challenging and cuckoo, but it's actually like very simple and everyone can do it. Right. And everyone should do it because through shamanic journeying is how you have that direct revelation, how you come to understand who you're helping and healing spirits are. I mean, just that in and of itself was like so mind boggling for me. Yeah, definitely. Like when I first learned a journey and I met the first few helping and healing spirits and then I started to learn how to communicate with them in like my day to day life. And I knew that I had somebody that I could call on to help me when the going got tough. That changed my whole life. Mm -hmm. And it didn't require me to take any religion up or to subscribe to any beliefs. All I had to do was to journey. Yeah, I found, you know, I sort of clued into shamanic journeying when I was sort of first just starting to get into all types of spirituality, you know, like 20 something years ago, just like, you know, let me read about this. Let me read a little about this. And so I got into a couple of books on on shamanism and was introduced to journeying. And, um, you know, this was back in the day where you had to get like you had to there weren't like just like things tracks on YouTube. You had to like buy CDs, which I did. And I had a like sh- like a drumming CD and I ch- did some journeying and I found it to be like, you know, such a, an interesting way into connecting to myself on a deeper level, you know, and that like Brandon said, it is sort of like a dream you know, in certain ways. And, and they're all different. Sometimes I've had journeys that don't feel like anything. Um, and then sometimes I have them that feel like intense waking dreams. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's always fascinating to me, sort of the little gifts, revelations, even just like simple sets of words that come out of it for me that then deeply resonate. So yeah, for me, it was like s- such a like, helpful addition to my whole process of trying to connect to myself on a deeper level. Yeah. And I would just uh, take that a step further and say you're connecting beyond yourself. Because when you journey, especially people that are doing it for the first time, you feel like you're kind of making stuff up. Mm-hmm. But the truth is you you could never make up the stuff that happens in a journey. You know, it really comes out of left field. Um, And even if you're making up 80% of it, the 20% that then comes in, you know, is a real gift from spirit to help you understand. So you don't just journey to be a tourist in the same way that like we're not here on this planet to be tourists. Like we're here with a soul's purpose and we are here to do it, you know. So you journey with an intention and your intention can be a question that you want information on. You know, something as simple as like what's next on my healing journey or, you know, what will I learn if I go on this trip? Um But then you also could, as I said, you know, journey for your own healing. You know, like if you have physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental healing that you need, you journey with that intention or you journey for power. You journey to connect with a power animal. Yeah, which I've actually done. And what I think is super fascinating about the the power animal element of it is, and you talk a lot about this too when you lead journey circles, is 
how I will have discovered, I've discovered that, you know, a few that I have connection to, and then I will go out into the world like later that day, the you know, in the days to come and start to see that animal like pop up around in my life, like on books or I'll be driving and just turn and see it on a billboard. And I'm like, that's fascinating. Yeah. But it's sort of like the continuation of that communication and like, I'm here. Don't forget the lessons. Don't yeah. forget. I'm, I got your back. When I'm deep in my shamanic practice, the synchronicities are happening at an insane degree. Yeah, it's really really cool because the truth is and again don't take my word for it learn how to journey and then take your own word for it but in my experience all our helping and healing spirits want for us is to be the best humans that we can possibly be they want us to live our soul's purpose they want us to be happy and in community and living a healthy life on a healthy planet so just a little bit of effort and they get very excited because the thing is, is that we have bodies and that means we have free will. So mm-hmm. they, so the question is like, well, why don't they do these things for us? And the question, and the answer is because we have to invite them to do these things. So you can journey. That's one tool. But then the other big tool in shamanic practice is an embodiment state or a merge state. And that's where you invite a helping or healing spirit to be embodied in you. So you dance your power animal or you merge. You know, when I do shamanic extraction work, meaning like I'm pulling out energies that don't belong to somebody, I merge with a helping or healing spirit that's really good at that. Wait, sorry. Can you just... So explain I, the extraction I situation. Oh yeah. So extraction is just it's it's the shamanic form of energy healing essentially. I mean oh, it's okay. it's not the same thing, but that's the easiest way to think about it. Uh-huh. But essentially, there are energies in your body that should not be there that you picked up somehow, some way. And anyone that has you know some skills, the thing about these practices is that they're very simple and they've been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and that you don't need to be some sort of guru on the mountaintop to do them. Right. Now, you need to be like a clean, clear vessel, but once you understand the forms, it's not that hard to find where somebody has intrusions Mm -hmm. and then just pull them out. And you do that in a merged state. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So I call in a particular helping spirit that I work with, and I invite this helping spirit into my body, and I merge with them. Not possession. I'm not like getting out. I'm not like saying take over. Yeah. And that's a really important distinction to make, you know, that you're always partnering with and you're always in control. Yeah, because otherwise it sounds a little scary. Yeah. Well, but again, you have a body and you have free will. So you are always in control. Mm -hmm. And if you have an issue with your own control, then that's something to look at. You know, like if you're somebody that loves to surrender your control, then maybe shamanic practice is not for you at this time. Right, right. But at the end of the day... You get to control when it's too much or not enough, you know. Um, so there's merge states. Uh, and so that, you know, and this is to generate power. You dance your animal to bring power. It's an insanely, insanely powerful practice. It's so crazy to invite your power animal into your body and then to invite them to dance, which, I mean, what a gift to give them. They are disembodied to give them your body or to let them share your body for a little bit while you dance to the drum. I mean, they love it, you know? It sounds adorable. And you feel so empowered. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the thing is like, when I talk about the lie of of separation or the illusion that we are individual, it's like we can mix and merge with all of these energies in the same way that different, 
you know, like when you're cooking, different ingredients make something magical. Mm -hmm. So it's like a little bit of this power animal, a little bit of that power animal with the backing of your ancestors. Like that's the recipe for angel success in this lifetime. Great. And the reason why shamanic practice is so important is because it reconnects us back to the ancestors. It reconnects us back to that wisdom that we are so hungry for. Like we're looking around at all of these broken systems and we're wondering why things aren't working. And it's because we abandoned the original truths because we thought we were smarter than them. You know, like the Renaissance was like, I mean, the Renaissance was amazing. Don't get me wrong. The art's incredible. (laughs) But it was like, yeah, we don't need that old primitive bullshit. Well, that old primitive bullshit was the way and it was smart as fuck. Yeah, and it was beautiful. And it was beautiful. Yeah, its intention is so beautiful. Yeah. And that's the thing about shamanic practices. It's all about your intention. Your intention is everything. Um, so you had another question, right? I did have another question. Um, and I kind of like half answered it, but this is a really great question. It was, do we need some type of direct transmission or is it something we can try on our own? And it's absolutely something you can try on your own. Now, I'm not going to lie. It might be hard to journey on your own the first couple of times because there's something really powerful about a bunch of people doing the same thing together. Even like two people journeying together is sometimes easier. But yeah, you can totally go on YouTube and find a journey track. And and then you have to follow up pretty specific procedure to journey you got to start at a place in nature that actually exists you got to find some sort of opening into the lower world which is like a cave or a hole in a tree something you can't see the bottom or the back of if you were going to go to the upper world you would want to find like a tree or like a light beam or a rainbow something to get you up you know and then you have to travel in these tunnels either up or down until you feel as though you've kind of permeated some sort of boundary or barrier and then you're in the upper or the lower world and you're having an adventure and it's right. really it's really cool and again i know it sounds cuckoo for cocoa puffs <laughs> but if somebody told you you know like yeah people are me walking around with like these little devices that have all their like lives and answer you know what i mean like think about our lives right now with our phones and yeah, our technology slightly cuckoo it's cuckoo for cocoa puffs everybody we're all cyborgs at this point so <laughs> i'm just saying like expand your perceptions jupiter and sagittarius yeah and you've got nothing to lose and journeys you know when I leave the journey circle, it's like 10, 15 minutes. It's not like... Now, of course, there are other ways to journey, and people use plant medicines to journey. Right. Psilocybin, which are mushrooms, ayahuasca. Um, I mean, I could list them all, but I yeah. won't because I haven't done any of them, really. Um Except mushrooms. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I didn't do that in like, you know, I ate mushrooms in college. It was not like an intentional shamanic practice. Yeah. Um, But the reason why I like journeying without plant medicine is because I can do it in 15 minutes and then get back to my day, you know? And I think that's important. Uh, My teacher, one of my teachers says, you know, for every shortcut, there's an unforeseen consequence. And I do think a lot of these plant medicines are shortcuts in a lot of ways. Controversial. Just, no, I mean, I think no, it's a, I think it's a I think it's an interesting take to have. And it actually makes me. Oh, sorry. We'll finish your point on that. Because oh, I was just saying, like the plant medicines are here for a reason, but yeah. you can get addicted to them in the same way you can get addicted to anything else. And if all you're like, if you're just chasing that spiritual high, then you're missing the purpose completely. I, I do agree with that. And that's and my would, and would argue that point. Yeah. yeah, I would argue that point. Now, I am curious just to, because it's a part of it, and I just want to hear your take on it, and we've talked about it, is the whole sort of like in the world we live in and the, you know, cultural appropriation elements that come into play. Yeah. 
you know, there is sort of, I think, something to be discussed about the fact that, you know, I think we always talk, like, joke about sort of, like, shamanistas, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, listen, you can call yourself a shamanic practitioner right. because shamanism is not culturally specific. Mm-hmm. Now, I would never call myself a shaman, and I would be very hesitant to call somebody else a shaman unless they come from a particular culture, just because that's respect. But at the end yeah. of the day, we are all indigenous to this planet. So it is my belief, and, you know... I mean, don't come after me because I don't engage with negativity, but you can, you know, take this or leave this. But we all have a right to the energies of the earth. You know what I mean? We all have a right to the four directions. Like we didn't make those up. Those just exist. We were born into them. The four Mm -hmm. elements, earth, fire, water, air, you know, and this is kind of the core of shamanic practice. I take, I, you know, I've learned a lot of sh- about shamanism through journeying, through my own experiences with my helping and healing spirits through books and podcasts, but I've also been taking some workshops with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and what they teach is core shamanism, meaning that they teach the ubiquitous commonalities that were found in all of these shamanic cultures that have no cultural um, underpinning. So there's no mm-hmm. ceremony, there's no ritual, so you can feel really clean about this. You know, in a perfect world, everybody's practicing some form of shamanism because it keeps us all connected to the planet and to each other. Right. Now, yeah, like you got to be careful with what practices you're picking up. You know, something as simple as like getting a dream catcher is a North American shamanic practice, you know? Uh And so you might not have a right to engage with something like that. You know, ayahuasca found in the jungles of the Amazon, you know, that's connected to the South American shamanic practice. But I know a lot of South American shamans that got the message that medicine needed to be brought to the West. Right. So I think it's, you know, intention is everything. That's like through their lineage. And that's where I think that that's the whole sort of interesting thing that people should pay attention to is that, yeah, I feel like shamans are connected through sort of a lineage process and are yeah. sort of, you know, called in through their ancestry and, and all of that. Where yeah. so to your point of it's I think challenging for anyone to sort of be like hey I'm a shaman now because right. I took some classes no exactly yeah so you have and to be very careful it's not about being a shaman so much as it's having a shamanic worldview yeah you know it's not about learning how to be a healer it's just about learning how to heal yourself and to move in the world in a way that avoids obstacles and doesn't cause any harm mm-hmm. um so just to go back and answer that question you know. Do we need some type of direct transmission or is it something we can try on our own? It's absolutely something you can try on your own. And by trying it on your own, you get that direct transmission. It's that direct revelation that you have. So again, that's where I'm saying like it's not appropriation if you're just learning how to journey and you're learning from your own helping and healing spirits. Right. Because you're not appropriating anything. You're doing it your own way. It's about your spiritual authority and giving it back to yourself. And also just being aware and yeah, being educating aware yourself of the you know? world and the energies around you. Like that's kind yeah. of one well, paying attention to where you're educating yourself from the sources and, you know, understanding like where they got their information and et cetera, et cetera. Totally. And the thing about shamanism, too, is that like it's very practical. If it doesn't work, then it's not worth your time. Right. So like you're only going to develop relationships with helping and healing spirits that actually are helping you, that you can literally feel when they come into the room or into your body. If it's not helpful, then you don't do it. And that's really the litmus test with any sort of shamanic practice. Like, well, did it work? Well, if it didn't work, then then don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I think shamanism is, shamanism is super interesting and we could talk about it for a long time. And I'm super excited that we've been able to introduce people to it or at least sort of Discuss it more if you're already interested in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, 
but I know that you actually have a journey circle to lead tonight. I do. I got <laughs> to get there and teach so these we kids should, how to We journey. should wrap this up. Yeah. But we'll talk more about shamanism. And if you have more questions, obviously, please reach out to us because we are here for you. And if you're interested, you know, there's so many places to go. Um, Michael Harner, who I mentioned, has a book called The Way of the Shaman. He's got another book called Cave and Cosmos. Um, I mentioned Sandra Ingerman's book, Awakening to the Spirit World. You could, you know, listen to Why Shamanism Now. Any one of those podcasts would certainly get you interested. Oh, yeah. They're certainly juicy. She takes you deep. And really, the simplest thing you could do is just to get out into nature and try to open up your heart and your senses and see what happens, you know? Yeah, just go like lay your hand on a tree and just commune with it. Or it'd be amazing, like, what would happen if you just, like, got quiet out in nature and were, like, asking for, like, a sign, you know? Like, should I do this thing or not, you know? And it's amazing what starts to happen when you ask and invite. Yeah. And that's, I think, the biggest takeaway that I would like everyone to maybe begin to practice is, like, invite your ancestors into your life. Invite your helping spirits into your life, you know? And with your ancestors, be specific. It's not just like anyone that's related to you. It's the luminous ones. It's the ones that are resolved and able to help you, you know? Or you're helping or healing spirits or, or a power animal. Invite them into your lives. As soon as you invite them in, they can do so much. But until you invite them, they can't do shit. And, and, and just invite nature into your life, you know? some A lot of us probably live in like large cities or towns and, you know, just sit outside and like... Listen to birds, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Tune yourself out of the noise of the traffic and tune yourself into the noise of the birds. And that's even just a way to like plug in, I think. Yeah, totally. So I hope that that was interesting and useful for y'all. A little portal into shamanic practice. I'm sure we'll have more shows about more specific forms of shamanic healing. Definitely. Um, But this is, you know, in the same way that we're trying to whet your appetite for astrology and tarot, we're also trying to whet your appetite for shamanic practice as well. As well as witch your appetite. Just wit bewitch your appetites. (laughs) Um, And uh, speaking of, we're going to pull our card until we meet again. No shoot. So just take a moment, tune in to your heart. And the card I'm pulling for all of us until we meet again, knowing that this message will resonate, even if you listen to this in a future time and place. The message you need right now is the devil. What? So I just pulled the devil card. So let's talk about the devil. Yeah. And let's not get hung up in our Judeo-Christian capitalistic patriarchy complex, okay? The devil is not a bad thing. The devil is really speaking to us about how to be here in a good way. Because we have these physical bodies And these physical bodies in one way imprison us. We talked about that earlier. They keep us feeling separate. But our bodies are also the gateway to experiencing our cosmic connection. And if we think of the devil as the gatekeeper to cosmic mystery, we have to go through him in order to meet some of these even more impressive beings like the sun or the moon. So with the devil, really, it's about enjoying your physical world and there's no better card to pull as we approach the holidays than the devil Mm -hmm. because it means you're going to eat good food and you're going to drink too much and you're going to sleep too much and you're going to wear fancy clothes and that's really what the devil's saying is saying embrace the joys of physical reality just make sure that you're not going too far right because that's really you know the devil really comes to us when we're being asked to look at addiction 
being asked to look at our shadow. It's like to have half a bottle of wine over the holidays, I don't think that's a problem. If you're having half a bottle of wine every night of the week, that's a problem. So it's just really about checking, like, do you have your pleasures or do your pleasures have you? Mm-hmm. And that's really what the devil is asking you to ask yourself. Don't be afraid of it. Often when I pull the devil, it means I'm going to have a really great day. And I'm just going to have to pay for it the next day. So yeah, people go out there, get your sex on. Oh, right. Yeah. The devil's also about sex mm-hmm. and making sure to own that part of your, of your life and of your body. You go get it. Get it. Um, if you're interested in learning more about tarot with me I'm going to be teaching my three week tarot seminar called tarot and vino and that's happening in Los Angeles in January starting on uh, January 24th and then January 31st and then February 7th Uh, So how do they sign up with you? So there's an Eventbrite that you can sign up. uh, And I've also got an early bird special going on right now. If you sign up before the 21st of December, you get $50 off the class. Oh, shit. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Yes. uh, And this is uh, three two-and-a-half-hour classes. Uh, It's called Tarot and Vino because it comes with wine and small bites. Everybody gets their own tarot deck. This happens at Spoon-Fed Kitchen in Hollywood, this beautiful outdoor garden with heat lamps. So nobody's going to be cold. Don't Mm. you worry. Um, And space is limited. So if you're interested, I encourage you to sign up. We're going to put a link on the website, Mm spiritualgaze.com. But you can also head to my website, brandonalterwellness.com, and you'll find more information there as well. So we will be back in two weeks, the day after Christmas. Yeah, we're going to do it. We'll We'll be here. Will you be downloading us is the question. Yeah, a little special holiday, end of year tribute. Yeah. (laughs) To all of you. So thank you so much as always for tuning in and for opening your hearts and your minds to us. It is a true honor and privilege to be able to be beamed into your cars and your earbuds and your homes, your Sonoses. We love connecting with you. Yeah, we're so grateful for everything. All the lovely messages you guys send us uh, through our social media outlets. Uh, You can find us at The Spiritual Gaze on Instagram and just spiritual gaze on Twitter. And like Brandon said, at thespiritualgaze.com. But we've gotten such lovely comments and direct messages. And uh, it's just sweet to know that you guys are really, really, truly connecting with uh, what we are here to offer y'all. And a big thank you to our neighbor, Carl for always taking care of us, making sure we sound good. Yes. And a big thank you to Justin Simeon for the gorgeous interstitial musics. Yeah. And a big thank you for, yes, again, just to all of you for, you know, if you've gotten all the way to the end of this thing, then we really adore you. Yeah, we really do. (laughs) And if you are listening to us all, please, you know, if you haven't had a chance, please go on to iTunes and rate us, um, especially five stars. Uh, It does really help us out quite a bit. Leave a review. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family around the holiday dinner table. All about the spiritual gaze. And uh, until we meet again, this has been your moment in... The Spiritual Game!